You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. All right, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host, John Chapman, and what we are going to be doing today is we are going to be taking a look at a lot of different playoff scenarios, breaking down the offensive performance of the 49ers against their very close loss to the Baltimore Ravens and getting to a lot of your questions. So there is a lot of stuff that we're going to be talking through, uh, some different scenarios for the tiebreakers for a division race, uh, which is huge now as the 49ers are now the five seed if the playoffs started currently and what those tiebreakers are as well uh, against divisions uh, against the Saints and Green Bay and all those different things for playoff seeding because they're a different set of rules. Plus, we have a few different transactions that took place for the 49ers today, and I don't believe that they are done. The kicker, Chase McLaughlin, has been waived. Uh, Robbie Gold's here to stay. It, it's what we got. Whether you want him or if you don't, it is, it, it's what it is. So uh, that's going to – he. Robbie Gold's here. <laughs> Definitely, he's missed eight kicks in nine games this year. Not what you want – whenever you pay so much money for a kicker, but it, it's where we are. Hopefully things get turned around and uh, he can help us in the playoffs because there's got to be more close games. The, the 49ers are special, and if, we, if we've learned anything about the 49ers through this season, it's that, one, they can play with anybody and they can destroy great teams. They, <laughs> If you saw Ron Rivera got fired today they were four and two before the 49ers played them and pretty close to pressing for a division uh you know contention in their division and the 49ers just exposed them completely and they were never the same again ron rivera gets fired today so uh, this 49ers team is very good and they can play with everybody, but just because it, they might be the best team in the nfl i don't have a problem saying that at all but it doesn't matter even if you're the best you're going to play tough games and close games at that. The 49ers have to learn how to win close games against top-tier opponents. And we're two kicks away. You missed the field goal, the 51-yard field goal. As time expired, that cost us in this game. And then if you go back to the Seahawks game, which we could have won, we missed the 47-yard field goal. you got to make those. And I don't care if it's raining. I don't care if it's on the road. I don't care the weather. I don't care. 
You've got to make those. And, you know, Justin Tucker was able to make his field goal 48 yards and to win the game. We've got to be able to do those things as well. So that that's huge. Um, but, again, just want to say thank you for everybody joining us. If you have questions, please go ahead and tag me in the chat, whether you're listening on Twitter periscope twitch youtube doesn't matter just want to say thank you and hey a couple things the 49ers still have the best record in the entire nfl now they are tied for the best record but uh that's okay uh, the 49ers are in control completely of their own destiny and i truly do believe great things are in store for this team moving on uh, the saints this week it's going to be a huge game uh, no doubt about that i hate that it's still the early game you know fox gets to protect one game a week and they had they chose us last week and they chose us again this week so it's going to be the exact same calling group of charles davis so if you watch the game through Fox, and you felt like you're not the only one. You felt like it was a very Ravens <laughs> skewed broadcast. It's the same crew this week. So don't expect different. Now, if you want something that's much more tailored to the 49ers, I am broadcasting the game live play by play. Uh, we have continued to grow our audience over on Hot Mike. We're doing two games a week, but I'll do every single 49ers. So uh, what you need to do is just download the Hot Mike app, use the promo code RUSH ESF, R U S H E S F. It's free. And hit Hit subscribe to John Chapman, and you'll be able to listen to that. It syncs with your phone, uh, your TV nicely. That way, there's not a delay or anything like that. And hopefully, we are about, I am told from our developers, about five days out from uh, the Android app release. Right now, it's just available on the iPhone. So uh, hopefully, that will be done by this week. There, we soft launched it. There were a couple bugs. Android's a whole new animal. Uh, but I'm not a technical guy, obviously, if you're watching this, but that's what it is. So hopefully that will be up and... You know, I, I want to say we've got a lot of great things coming for you guys. I just finished up my offensive breakdown for my Patreon page, and I want to put that up here. Uh, you're not going to get any of the audio on there, but uh, you're going to see here just some of the offensive plays for uh, the 49ers versus the Baltimore Ravens. So if you want the in-depth breakdown, you're going to see the mouse bouncing around and pauses and fast-forwards and all that stuff. Uh, I do a full hour breakdown just on the offensive plays released on my Patreon page. All you got to do is type in 49ers Rush Podcast on the Patreon app, and that will head you over there, and you can sign up there if you would like those. At least two breakdowns a week, and that's year-round draft content as well. We got you year-round over there. So a uh, couple questions before we jump into some offensive numbers. And I just want to say again, really do appreciate you guys, the support that has come through. Um, we started this podcast three years ago, and it seems like we are on pace for the Sunday after the game. Is going to be our 200th episode, which is crazy. Three and a half years later, 200 uh, episodes. And I'm going to do some giveaways. Um, I'm going to do some 49ers Rush podcast t-shirts giveaways. If somebody wants some of those, they're going to be free. I'll pay for the shirt to be made and ship them out to you guys. Hoping to have some trivia. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a little bit fun. So the Sunday after the game episode is going to be key. Uh, why not give away some money and some t-shirts? It's, it's kind of what I do. So, uh, anyway. 
Uh, real quick, if I send you a custom Chapman jersey, will you sign it and send it back? You bet your rear end I will, Barack. <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, yeah, why not, man? That, that's that's a lot of fun. I know you're messing with me, but uh, shout out. Really appreciate all the support. Barack's here every single time. Lots of comments. We really do appreciate that. Um, so let's get some more. How worried are you? This is from DFalk95 on Periscope. How worried are you about Kyle's clock management and play calls in critical moments? moments so this seems to be the big concern all across twitter uh, what is up with and they're two separate issues so let's break this down between clock management and then play calls in critical moments so first off clock management yeah i can't stand it he does more pre-snap than any other coach in the NFL. So part of that means it's going to take longer. The play calls are longer. And also, it takes longer at the line of scrimmage. So that's going to happen. So you have to waste timeouts, unfortunately, sometimes. And we ran out. We only had one timeout in the crucial points of the fourth quarter, and that was because plays went wrong. A big problem that Kyle Shanahan has is it takes him forever to get his call into the backfield because he's the head coach and the play caller. Not a lot of guys do that. I, I want him to continue doing both, but he's got to pick up the tempo a little bit. Now, if we look at the first half, we had timeouts to spare, and there's been a few key games where that has happened where you know we don't have any of those pre-snap, delay of game issues, play clock running down. Um, and uh, you know, I'll add to this as well. If you go back and uh, if you want to look, you, when we were doing the broadcast, there were four <laughs> four times that the Ravens snapped the ball with zeros on the play clock. That has to be stopped by the, the back judge, and it just wasn't happening. Uh, they, they got very, very lucky with that, and we did not. It's part of being home and all that kind of stuff. It's just one of the added benefits, and maybe that's a big reason why home field advantage is even more important. But the clock management is more of a concern. Now, the play calls in critical moments, absolutely not concerned. So... Three fourth downs. Let's just focus on the three fourth downs that took place against the Ravens. Okay, there was the initial fourth and two on the first main drive, and guess what? Kyle Shanahan does. He throws it deep. <laughs> he throws it deep for a touchdown to Debo Samuel on fourth and two. Nobody complained about that call. And then we get a fourth and one later on. What do we do? We throw it deep to Emmanuel Sanders. Pass interference call. Get a first down. Nobody complained about that call. Then we get fourth and one and a half. And Kyle Shanahan talked about this um, a lot in the press conference. And, man, if you look at it, you'll see the play if it makes it all the way through this. It's an hour uh, breakdown, so I, I doubt we're going to be here for an hour, but w whatever. I'll post the play on my Twitter feed as well. So at uh, JL underscore Chapman, follow me. I'll, I'll do some cut-ups, and I'll post some audio over that and some clips on my Twitter feed. So, But here's the deal. There were 10 men within one yard of the line of scrimmage. They stacked the box uh, on that last fourth and one. There's no way in hell you're going to run in that. Now, we came out in a shotgun formation. Um, so already it's saying, look, don't run the ball. <laughs> you don't want to run it into a 10-man front. And the play call was right. It's just oh, what Kyle Shanahan said in his quote was, I wish I would have called a better pass play. Now, Debo Samuel was open on basically just a simple in-press-out route, but it just took too long for him to get open. And so what happened is Jimmy Garoppolo goes from his first read, Debo Samuel to his right, to George Kittle over his left. Now, George Kittle was open early, covered late. So even if the ball wasn't batted at the line of scrimmage, I don't think it would have been completed. The safety jumped over 
the middle on the safety route, uh, the tight end route. So I think the play call was bad, um, but whenever you go two for three, on fourth downs, you're going to be really, really happy. Would you have liked to have a run there after the way you were running? Yeah, of course. But what Kyle Shanahan's always going to do, and I, I think I think this probably will answer your question better than my ramblings before this, Kyle Shanahan uh, waits for the defense to show what they're going to do and then goes against what they're trying to stop. So if you're going to flex the run, he doesn't care the situation. You're going to put a bunch of men in the box, 10 men in the box, He's going to throw the ball. You're going to set back. He's going to run the ball. It, it's very, very simple. He believes in matchups. He believes in numbers. He believes in a scheme. And he's going to rely on that because that is what got him to where he is. So if you don't like the last third, fourth down call, you got to be upset at the first two. This is what happens. If he, if he would have got that, uh, everybody would have said he's the greatest ever, and I think that he is one, the best play caller in the NFL. But, yeah, I wouldn't mind him running it a little bit more <laughs> in crucial situations, short downs. But, uh, yeah, so hopefully that answers your question. JP, if Robert Sala gets a job next year, do we go after uh, Rivera for D.C.? You know, I, I said this earlier on Twitter. I, I really do think, you know, if I could have anybody uh, – I don't want to say anybody, a realistic option. Now, Rivera runs a completely different scheme than what we do on defense right now. He loves shuffle corners, not press corners, and he focuses on the defensive line big time, which fits with what we do. I think Dan Quinn, who a lot of people don't like that name, would be perfect. Um, also, Chris Kosarek is another guy that I think, you know, our defensive end coach that came in, uh, brought the wide nine and the energy. I think that he's a possibility as well. Um, so we'll have to see. Shanahan loves guys he's worked with. Uh, it's it's kind of been what it is. He loves people that he has worked with. Uh, now, Robert Sala definitely will have his name mentioned, but everybody wants offensive coaches right now. Uh, you look at what it took for the Denver Broncos <laughs> to hire their coach. Uh, their defensive coordinator, who was with the 49ers for a long time, went to the Bears. He put up back-to-back-to-back great defenses and still barely got a head coaching job. Nobody wants defensive-led coaches. They want the offensive guy. Um, so that's, that's what it is. Uh, Gibster, real quick, John Chabin. Uh, the worst-case scenario is we get to beat the crap out of the Cowboys in the wild-card round. Yes. Um, as nice as that sounds... Um, and you're correct. As the five seed, we will, we would be. I don't think we're going to end up as the five seed personally. But if we were the five seed, that's okay. Um, I think that this team is built to win in the playoffs. You'd personally rather have a bye. Everybody would. You'd rather host a playoff game in the divisional round than travel back-to-back games. But, uh, yeah, the Cowboys are not a scary team. But in the NFL, anything crazy can happen. And do I think that we would destroy um, – the Cowboys, yes, I do. But the mobile quarterback, the one main issue the Cow- uh, the 49ers have had is mobile quarterbacks. Dak's played very, very well. I don't think the Cowboys are a good team. I do think Dak Prescott has had his best year ever as a pro. So uh, th- that's key. Um, but, yeah, not worried about that game at all. Uh, real quick, what the hell is going on with Goodwin and Dante Pettis? Both <laughs> haven't done anything. Um and, yeah, Pettis is hurt. He's going to be missing another week. Goodwin got one snap this week, and that was on special teams. 
So for the very first time in Kyle Shanahan's career with the 49ers, he just stuck with three wide receivers. Uh, nobody else really got any playing time whatsoever at the wide receiver position. Uh, if you, you look at the snaps, um, Emmanuel Sanders got 54 out of 55 snaps, so he was only off the field one play. Debo Samuel, 53 out of 55. He was off two plays. Kendrick Bourne got 24. Um, Richie James got two snaps on offense, and that's it. Uh, that's really it. He, he kept with his three guys, and Richie and Kendrick Bourne was on half the time. The rest of the time, it was two tight end sets or two fullback, uh, two running backs with Kyle Juszczyk out there. So uh, this is a new development that we haven't seen. And Kyle Shanahan said, I believe that those three guys have earned the right to get these spots. And so uh, that's key there. Uh, we'll see what happens moving forward. But don't expect anything from Goodwin and Pettis. I think Pettis could get more snaps, but not a lot more. I, I think maybe 20 snaps a game if he is completely healthy, but that's going to be it. And it doesn't seem like they're going to give Pettis a shot to return punts. That seems to be Richie James. He's got that locked down. So I don't think we're going to see a lot of change there, Raul, but a uh, great question. Now, real quick, I do want to say thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible, Manscaped.com. They have supported this podcast for a very long time. Really do appreciate them. And what Manscaped.com does, man, they protect your family jewels and that is very very important as <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo understands all about protection with the offensive line you, we got to protect our stuff too and manscaped.com has all the precision tools that you need for all men's grooming needs whether it's uh, trimming downstairs or whatever if you've ever cut yourself or nicked yourself you know that's not the place to go manscaped.com has everything that you need and you if you use promo code 49ers 49ERS you get 20% off any purchase there plus free shipping that is better than Amazon Prime so again use promo code 49ers they have all of your needs they meet they will meet everything and if you don't know what you want for Christmas just ask the lady friend say hey head over to manscaped.com get me one of their packages on there uh, use promo code 49ers, 20% off, and save on shipping. Thank you again to Manscaped.com for making, uh, this a possib- uh, making this podcast a reality. Now, let's jump over to Pro Football Focus, focusing again on the offensive side. Let's do top five, bottom five, and kind of see what's going on there. Mike McGlinchey leads us off 88.9 grade on Pro Football Focus. He has come back. He looked rough. <laughs> Early on, he gets injured, comes back from his injury, doesn't play very well. Back-to-back games, you could argue his best performances of his entire career. It's a young career, only two years, but Mike McGlinchey looked awesome. A lot of those big runs that Raheem Mostert got off the edge, they were right off of Mike McGlinchey's blocks. He played exceptionally well 88.9 that uh, so 90 and above is elite like there's probably only about five players each week that get a 90 score Mike McGlinchey got pretty damn close there he played very very well Raheem Mostert came in with a 73.2 grade his grade would have been a lot higher but uh, he had a couple of bad blocks uh, in pass protection that kind of cost him his grade a little bit but a career day for Raheem Mostert and I'll say this let's, let's back up real quick I really want Raheem Mostert and Matt Breida to be our one and two backs. I, I like Tevin Coleman. I, I do. 
I just think that these two guys offer something much more dynamic. Raheem Mostert has earned the right to be involved. He needs to be more than a special teams guy once Breida comes back this week. Uh, we definitely need to do much more to get this guy the ball. He was special. Uh, very, very special this week. George Kittle, 72.2 grade. He finishes um, outside of the elite ranking for only the third time this year. Still a top three player for the 49ers. He played very well in the run game. But, um, yeah, he definitely didn't get the targets and catches that we are used to or accustomed to. And the few plays got called back because of penalties. I don't know what it is. George Kittle has done so much for the 49ers, and I get that he gets all of the defensive attention. There's one play on here, if you can see it. Uh, he gets guarded by four different guys on just a simple out route by the Ravens' defense. But the officiating has wiped away so many plays that George Kittle has had. I think he's had four touchdowns wiped off by penalty. Uh, he's got to have two catches wiped out by penalty um, in this game here versus the Ravens. I don't know why they're out to get him. Fourth best player on offense is Daniel Brunskill. Holy cow, 71.6. He has not given up any pressures. The, the guy is a beast, an 85.6 run block grade. Now, Joe Staley will return, and that is a great thing. Um, but, man, Daniel Brunskill, he's pressing for possible Joe Staley replacement long term. Uh, now, I understand the casual fan and all that stuff comes out there and they're going to say, oh, we need to keep Brunskill out there and forget Joe Staley. Absolutely not. Joe Staley is one of the best run-blocking offensive linemen in the history of the NFL. Even though he struggled in pass protection against Jadavian Clowney, he's, he's, he's special. We need him back. He needs to be an every-down player out there. But the fact that we now have Brunskill and school backing up to I mean that's great we have insane offensive tackle depth to the point where let's just say hypothetically moving forward Joe Staley decides to retire after this year and we win the Super Bowl um like how I slid that in there um I don't even think you need to draft an offensive tackle now if you got Mike McGlinchey Daniel Brunskill and Justin School that that's awesome <laughs> however you want to roll that out there I am perfectly okay with that I never thought I'd say that so a lot of great development behind the starters uh, that was a major concern before this year's offensive line depth continues to not be an issue Richie James only played two snaps but he got a 69.5 grade and Kendrick Bourne uh, he's going to round us out the top 68.6 uh, so here we go Let, let's talk through a couple more questions that have come up Vincent reaches out says what do you think about the tart injury he broke his ribs uh, he's got fractured ribs it, it was a really weird injury you know, he flies up to make a play, Joukowsky Tart. He was playing very, very well, but whenever he, he took it, it was an absolute collision, but he dives towards the ground, and the contact happened on the back part of his shoulder, and it's not a shoulder injury or a stinger. It cracked his ribs. Uh, it hit so hard. So now this is a pain tolerance issue. It is a possibility. I don't think it's going to be a long-term issue. It's a possibility he could play this week. And <laughs> I hate to say this, Marcel Harris, who I've not been a fan of, I'll be really, really honest, he played incredibly well 
coming in and filling in. Obviously, the strip of Lamar Jackson, that fumble, uh, defense, one of the defensive plays of the game, he played very, very well. And the fact that he played so well, I guarantee you that makes Tart Hill up a lot quicker. Because when you know that your position is in jeopardy and you've got a young buck that this team believes in and has kept for two years, comes out and plays that well, you heal up pretty damn quick. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tart gets a limited work in this week. Um, I doubt that he starts this week, though. I think Marcel Harris gets the start. And goodness, uh, Marcel Harris against Drew Brees, uh, it's not really what you want to see from a 49ers perspective, but uh, you got to stay with it. Uh, Marcel Harris is great in the run game and just struggles a little bit in pass pro, but hey, he played great, and maybe he's matured to the point where he can stay uh, with his responsibilities and not give up multiple touchdowns like we saw in the Rams last year. Um, so uh, real quick, other questions. Oh, goodness. Uh, guys, Austin37 is a great friend of mine. He is a Patriots fan. He is a troll, the definition of it. But uh, he has actually helped out the 49ers Rush podcast behind the scenes, even though he doesn't want me to tell him that. Don't fall for his traps. Uh, he is the definition of a troll and a good friend. Uh, he has served in the military. Great guy. He just likes to mess with people. Uh, don't buy into his trap. <laughs> uh, real quick, honest question. Uh, you think that Sala just completely forgot how to stop the read option? Um yeah, here's the deal. If it happens once, that's on the player. If it continues to happen, that's on the coach. And he did adjust the defensive scheme, but it waited all the way until the third quarter. And that's whenever we stopped the offense. There weren't weren't a lot of points scored in the second half. And a lot of that, had it was 17-17. So they got a field goal, we did it. The problem was the rookie linebackers cost us. Fred Warner played lights out out of his mind. But Dre Greenlaw and Aziz Al-Shahar did not. Al-Shahar posted one of the lowest grades I've ever seen in pro football focus history, and I thought they were being generous. He played terrible. Um, And because of that, you can try to have Fred Warner responsible for the quarterback on the the zone read, the backside gap exchange as much as you want, but... You got to give credit to the Ravens coaching staff and Lamar Jackson. They adjusted the formation so much that it wasn't going against Fred Warner. It was going against these two rookie linebackers, and they ate their lunch. Now, you should have made the adjustment sooner and set your defensive end, which they did, which is going to force Lamar Jackson to give the ball up the middle, but it just took them. Um, it took them too damn long. You, you gave up 17 points before you made an adjustment. So that's a problem that I do have. Uh, you got it fixed. And that is great, but not until you gave up 17 points and it was a little bit too late. So that that's huge. Uh, do I think Mostert should be running back one duties, uh, Thaddy? I disagree with that. I think Matt Breida is clear-cut the best running back on here. He's just not healthy. So if everybody is healthy, uh, my pecking order, and I've said this since week one, Raheem, uh, I want, sorry, Matt Breida one, Raheem Mostert two, and... Then I want Tevin Coleman in their third. And I think Tevin Coleman's a great running back. I wouldn't care if he was the RB1. I just think personally that Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert are much more explosive and versatile. I think all of them are better in the passing game than Tevin Coleman. And I I just think that they're better running backs. I do like that we have that depth. The fact that Matt Breida can be out and we don't really miss a beat. We still rush for so many total yards. I mean, if we just look at... Uh, what they were able to do rushing the ball. We rushed for 174 yards. That's huge. That's great. 
Our average is 140 a game. So we went above our average this week with 174 yards. Now, most of that was Breida. And if we just look at the box score, here's the deal. Tevin Coleman gets five rushes for six yards. Five rushes, six yards. Exact same offense, interchanged. Raheem Mostert, 19 carries, 146 yards. <laughs> uh, that's a 7.7 yards per carry average. So Raheem Mostert in one carry, one of his averages, totaled all of Tevin Coleman's yards. And that doesn't even mention what he did in the passing game either. Uh, you know, Raheem Mostert got two catches for eight yards. Tevin Coleman did get one for nine. But if you just look at this game, Raheem Mostert is the clear-cut better player. But I think that you can make the case over the last two years that Raheem Mostert has been so consistent and so solid. Now, Tevin Coleman did have that four-touchdown game. I think that was against the Cardinals, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe it was against no, it was the Panthers, I believe. Uh, and, and I think Tevin Coleman's a great back. I think that we got him for a great deal, and I'm very glad he's part of this team. But I do not think that he is anywhere around there. Uh, what's the deal with Goodwin? Why is he not on the field? They don't trust him. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't trust him, and Kyle Shanahan doesn't trust him with the drops. I think that's really all that it is. Uh, he will not be a 49er next year. I just don't see it happening. Um, how long do you think it would take Staley to get back into form once he gets back? Uh, he's going to have to show up week one if he's going against the Saints. Marcus Davenport on the edge. Um, you know, Cameron Jordan likes to play on the defensive left side, so he'll be going against McGlinchey mostly. They don't like to rotate their ends a lot for the Saints. I haven't finished my film work on them. But, yeah, Marcus Davenport is a very athletic, long uh pass rusher a great player super high ceiling but hasn't put up you know nowhere near a pro bowl type of a player um but that's a key that's a key game and so if he's going to step back and you're going to remove Brunskill from the starting lineup he better be ready to go so practice is going to be huge he only hurt his finger and he already rehabbed through the broken fibula so i think that he is back you know, broken finger and the surgery and all that stuff. Not a lot. Of, he's going to be fine. Not worried about movements or being in shape or any of those things. You just can't get out there and play with a cast on your left hand as a left tackle because you've got to be able to grab underneath the shoulder pads and get that punch. Uh, you don't want to put somebody out there that can't grab. So. Uh, real quick, Mark, where's McKinnon now? He was put on injured reserve before. Uh, he can't come off, and yeah, I don't think he's ever going to get one carry for the 49ers. Gosh, uh, how sad is that? How sad is that? Jarek McKinnon, huge signing, fits this offense perfectly. And uh, But here's the deal. Let's say we did keep Jarek McKinnon, and he put up exactly what Matt Breida has done. We would all be saying, man, what a great hire. What a, brought him in, all those things. But Matt Breida is... He stole that spot. Uh, we'll see what happens after this year. He he will be a restricted free agent, but we'll see what happens. 49ers keeping Brita. That's all there is to it. Uh, great teammate. Now let's talk about the lowest-ranked 49ers on offense. Um, not a surprise with a couple of these uh, names, but yeah, you guys are going to get pissed off here in a second. Garrett Selleck, the worst-rated player, 46.3. He just he blew up so many plays. He wasn't out there that much. He had six plays, four of them run blocking, two of them pass blocking, and probably four negative plays. Um, in the run game, two of the tackle for losses were against Garrett Selleck, and they just basically pulled him and said, you're not going back in anymore. Uh, don't know what they're going to do. I really do wish Roz Dwelly could get more playing time. He only, Roz Dwelly only got one snap. So 
I really do hope that we use more two tight end sets, but I think Dwelly has earned the right to play more. No clue why we didn't use him very much there. Garrick Selleck doesn't really need to play anymore, personally. Um, Kyle Juszczyk, he finished with a 47.6 grade, and he was all over the map. His pass blocking was great. He got a 75 grade. His run blocking uh, was solid, but um, it's just nothing really put up there. He only had 25 snaps. Jimmy Garoppolo finished with a 49 grade, and a lot of that had to do with the fumble. The fumble was huge, and it seems like pro football focus on the out route that took place in the first quarter that should have been intercepted, that counts against him big time. Now, if we look at Jimmy Garoppolo's stats, 15 of 21, 165 yards. Um, yeah, yeah he, he played great. One touchdown, no interceptions, two sacks, eight yards, had 110 quarter uh, NFL rating. So he played really, really well, but that huge fumble it goes back to the huge negative play that cost him big time and he had two hands on the ball and i talked about this in the reaction show immediately after the game whenever he fumbled it yeah he tucked the ball he just didn't tuck it against the inside of his bicep he tucked it on the outside so that whenever he got hit by the second player it squirted out he just didn't tuck the ball right a lot of that had to do with a defender draped all over him so you can't expect that but as you guys watch the plays that are going through on here you see so many great passes and tight windows that jimmy garoppolo fits in and just does a hell of a job so great game jimmy garoppolo's continuing to grow as a quarterback um he's 18 and 4 as a starter he's only started 22 games so it's almost like he's you know a sophomore quarterback second year but jimmy garoppolo is a great quarterback uh, not too concerned in the least not concerned at all about him just got to get rid of those negative plays mike person uh 51.7 and tevin coleman a 52 point three um so those are kind of our grades for that and what i want to do real quick uh, is jump into uh, kind of our betting segment and this is huge our sponsors my bookie uh, they pushed us to start doing four episodes a week so i just want to say thanks to those guys and they were able to put up some <laughs> extra funds so that we could get that uh possibility so just want to say thank you to mybookie.ag our sponsors this entire season and if you do haven't signed up with them yet uh, I don't know what you're waiting on. Use promo code 49ers. They're going to match your initial deposit. We hit huge this week in our betting segment. We hit our parlay. The 49ers covered the spread as well. Uh, we did miss on one of the smaller bets in George Kittle versus Mark Andrews. But uh, if you bet all of the bets that we hit on last week, uh, you tripled up your money. So <laughs> that is awesome. Now, the spread this week over on my bookie, it's already moved against the Saints. You know, you got two 10 and two teams, and it opened up at three points underdogs. And if you follow me on Twitter, I said, guys, head over there, get this bet in there. Um, we need to, <laughs> the 49ers plus three points. I don't give a damn who we're playing. I'm taking that bet. Uh, the 49ers have lost two games by three points, and both of them the 49ers should have won. So getting three points on the road, I don't care if it's against the Saints. I took that bet. Uh, now it's it's dropped down to two and a half. So the line has moved. A lot of people got in early. So currently, the 49ers are plus 2.5 against the Saints this Sunday. It's early kickoff. Again, I'll be broadcasting live play-by-play -play over on Hot Mike. Use promo code RUSHESF. Um, now, the over-under is 44.5 points. They think this is going to be a defensive performance. Um, I think there's going to be some points put up on this. I, I really do believe that. Um, and also a new bet that they put up is the NFC Divisional Races. And this is kind of telling as well. The 
the money in Vegas has the 49ers as the favorite to win the division over the Seahawks. Now, it's small, but that should tell you something. Vegas money usually is spot on. Now, I I put some money down on this one as well. Who's going to win the division? I did bet the 49ers will win the division. We have to beat the Saints in Seattle week 17, and you can't really miss any more games than that. Now, let's talk briefly what happens if the 49ers tie. What happens if both teams go 13-3, and okay, or it's the only way really there can be a tie. So the 49ers, let's just say, uh, let's play this out. The 49ers lose to the Saints, and then we beat the Seahawks week 17. Both teams are 13-3. and We split with the Seahawks 1-1. and The next breaker that it goes to, uh, if we're just looking at the way in which the uh, between who wins the division is division record, okay? Now, we would be tied in that front as well because we would both have one loss to each other. So the next thing that it goes to is conference record. So if that happens, we would be tied there as well. <laughs> so it's just going to keep going because we would both have two losses in the conference, us losing to the Saints and the Seahawks, Seahawks losing to us and the Saints as well. And so what it's going to go to next is common opponents. And that is huge, uh, which that formula is going to change as we continue going down through this. And one thing I did want to talk about is just each one of our records. So if we start with the Seahawks schedule and what they have left, it's not necessarily it's not as hard as ours. Uh, we still have the hardest schedule in the NFL, but. The four remaining games for the Seattle Seahawks is at the Rams, at the Panthers, who just fired their head coach, home against the Cardinals, home against the 49ers. Rams are playing some great damn football, and that's going to be a Sunday night game. So that's going to be a huge game. And if we look back to the previous time the four, uh, the Seattle Seahawks played the Rams, they had to kick a field goal as time expired to barely win that game. They should have lost that game. Um So uh, that was the one where they missed it wide right, and that was on a Thursday night game. So... There's still a chance that the Seattle Seahawks can lose a game. So it's not like if the 49ers lose this game, all is lost. That's definitely not the case. Um, The Seattle Seahawks have this weird ability that it doesn't matter who the hell they're playing, they turn it into a game. (laughs) They were up by, what, 16 points last night over the Vikings. Uh, Throw, uh, turn the ball over, give up a 70-yard touchdown to an unguarded man, and just turn it into a game. They're... The Seattle Seahawks play to the level of competition, whoever they're playing. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. Now, if we look at the 49ers' remaining schedule, again, you know, you're traveling to the New Orleans Saints, then you get two home games against the Falcons, Kyle Shanahan's old team, and then against the Rams, who, again, play in very, very well. And then we conclude that on the road against the Seattle Seahawks for the late Uh, That's going to be the Sunday night game. Going to be a lot of fun. Lots going to be riding on that. So this game is huge. And I I said before the three-game streak of madness with Green Bay Packers, the Ravens, and now the Saints. Uh, Toughest stretch in NFL history after Week 10. It's never happened before. But I said, look, if we rank these games, here's how it goes. The Seattle game last is the most important. Second most important is the Saints game. Then it's the Green Bay game. And fourth was the Ravens because it's out of conference. So it doesn't factor into um, division tie breaks or uh, seeding for the playoffs. Now, we lost the game against the Ravens. We won 
The third most important game against Green Bay destroyed them 37-8. This is number two, second most important game of the season. And so you want to have that bye week, it starts this week. Going to be a huge game. Do I think the 49ers are going to win? Hell yeah, I do. I think we match up very, very well with the Saints. Now, uh, got to do some more film breakdowns and see what else is out there. Uh, but but we'll have to see what happens there. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of stuff coming up. I will be back tomorrow, guys, uh, if all goes according to plan, with our defensive episode, defensive film, and all that. And if you want to go back through all of that film with coaching notes and scheme notes and all that kind of stuff, uh, head over to my Patreon um, and just type in 49ers Rush Podcast. You can join us there, and you will get that all year round, including draft and all that stuff. Really do appreciate it, guys. It's been a lot of fun. And, man, we're closing in on the 200th episode Sunday, which is going to be a big deal. At least it is for me. Hopefully some of you guys like that kind of stuff too. Going to be giving away some 49ers Rush stuff for free. Uh, Hopefully have some trivia questions and all that stuff. So uh, we will be back. Pay attention to my Twitter as well. I'm going to be putting up some clips hopefully tonight, just breaking down the game further. Really appreciate all the support, guys. And as always, stay strong, faithful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.